This is an ABC podcast. Hair up your nose from your head. <laughs> it turned around when I put my headphones on. It turned around and curled up my nose. <laughs> On. Buongiorno. Oh, ciao bella. So good to see you again. What are we doing in different languages? <laughs> Who are we? I'm just cooked at the moment. Are you? Yeah, I know. You've had a lot on. But I've also been watching a lot of people overseas on their European vacations. Oh, yeah. I hate this time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been that person. My time's over. Um, and now you're jealous. <laughs> now I'm jealous of everybody in It's bloody in, freezing in, in Melbourne right now. It's one degree this morning. And I've got no heating in my house. Oh, God. And I, uh, I have literally no bathroom now. Luckily, I've got a, like a sort of a, a small sort of ensuite situation, but there's no, the actual bathroom's gone. Oh. And you know, you heard about the septic system. That's all sorted, but yeah. like not quite. So, you know, I'm living my best life at the moment. Freezing. <laughs> like I had to have my, when I drove in this morning, I had, my feet are so cold, like generally, and I couldn't feel my fingers. No. I had to have the heater on 30, hot top, and have just blowing on my feet. It took 40 minutes for them to thaw out. Good Lord. I know. This is my life. You need to get one of those little um, spa bath feet. Oh, so Lin- you can a just... Linda foot warmer. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember they used to give those away on game shows like Sale of the Century back in the day? I almost bought one a few months I ago. I think I want one now. I was now. like, maybe it's time for me to get into home pedicures. And I was like, nah, this is another device. It's just going to sit in a cupboard. <laughs> I actually think I, I have no circulation in my feet, I fear. I feel like this could be the future for me. This is your future. Um, the, bang On is your place for music art mm-hmm. life and stuff and, and getting old. <laughs> um, so w- your your life is all over the place at the moment. Congratulations. Well, yeah, c- you've, you've, <laughs> no, but you finished something. You finished something big. Congratulations. You're a hot mess. That's all right. But that, I, this is life. And yeah. you haven't got, it's okay not to have your stuff together. This is what I tell myself every day. I'm just, I just feel like I'm barely hanging on to getting everything done in an orderly fashion, even in my mind at yeah, the moment. Yeah, life sh- is a highway and, and a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and I do want to apologise for Bang Fan who are waiting for last week's episode because I did say last time we'll see you next week, and then about a day later I was like, oh no, mm. I'm going to be away next week. Yeah. And I was away. It was a lovely little break that I actually had booked in for I reckon about. A Two year years, and a half, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a week that I'd planned to head north in a Melbourne winter to Palm Cove in far north Queensland, about 20 minutes north of Cairns. Gorgeous. And I had this booked and postponed twice due to yeah. lockdowns. And finally I was able to take this week and it was booked in well before everything else was going on that's been happening yeah. in the last few weeks. And I took the trip with our former bang, bang boy, boy, James. I know. I was so jealous. You did actually invite me on that trip ages ago, but because of all my deadlines, I couldn't make it. But it would have been What a lovely. time we would have had, though. Oh, I know. <laughs> it would have been fabulous. But, but it, was, it was a good week. It was a good week to switch off. Yeah. I, kind of, I kind of put it out there at the start of the week on my Instagram because I really, when you post something to Instagram, it's not just posting it, it's the going back and checking and mm. getting the messages and responding to the messages. And no matter mm. what you think, you always check about the likes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do any of that. And I posted that at the start of the week. I'm like, I'm taking, I'm here, I'm taking a week off. If you see me on Instagram, tell me to get lost. I will appreciate it. And it's that act of accountability that kept me off because I was like, well, I've posted that. I can't go on now. I can't go on. And I had such a good week offline pretty much. Did you read like, a book? I read two books. Yep. I see that's when you know you've had a break. It's yeah. like, oh, I didn't look at my phone once and I, I read a book. I achieved things. Shock horror. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with those hours of the day when you're not scrolling. Will you be banging on about it? Yes, I will be banging on about one of the books that I read later on. One of them is not coming out till September, so I'm going to save that bang. Oh. 
What would you call that? Storage bang. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. But I it's um, creepy. it was nice. I woke with the the sun, gorgeous sunrise over mm. the beach in Palm Cove, and just ate good food and walked and just switched off. And, and then I came back and did the last two episodes of Take Five. <laughs> for TV so straight back into it on Monday and Tuesday this week where we filmed with two absolute legends yep. I will be revealing all soon but Take 5 TV coming to you in the next couple of months on ABC TV and I'm so so stoked and so proud of the show and I cannot wait for everyone to see it oh, I'm really pleased for you because it's such a weight isn't it you've had this dream and idea you've made it real but it, there's so many layers before you can actually kind of understand what it is that you've made yeah or what you've achieved, and so congratulations because, oh, gosh, it's huge. It's huge. It's so huge. And congratulations to you as well. We talked about it last time, but you finally were able to put it out there. Your book has been submitted, announced to the world. Bang Fam, of course, got the scoop first. And thank you to everybody who said they've got me on this. We've got you back, (laughs) Bang Fam, and, and little messages here and there, and it's just lovely. I do actually feel really supported, and it's such a weird thing to do to write a memoir ish thing. And frankly, I'm so sick of myself, I can't tell you. I want to go and do something that is so opposite of myself next. That would be great. But, yeah, it's it's a wonderful feeling to know that people are out there just thinking about you maybe or supporting you because most people don't think about anyone else. We think about ourselves. People want to hear your stories. And around music too, you've literally called it Time of My Life. <laughs> time of My Life. Classic song, classic song, of Never course. This way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be arranged around different musical moments? Is there going to be a tie to songs? It's tied to songs in that songs, uh, when I was looking at the history of my life, everything's tied to music in Mm. some way or not. So whether or not it's just a song title that I've mentioned or like a song, you know, when I talk about, say, my radio days, I, I will never forget Nick Cave's and the Bad Seeds, Get Ready for Love. And that was the first song that we played when we started Double J. So I don't go on at length about that song, but that is like that's the title of the chapter because it is such a significant song in all the years of radio play, songs that you've pressed play on, that will stick in my memory. So it's more like that. It's less about the music and it's more about just the music that's around and and how it affected me in terms of my history and stuff. So, yeah. it's Personal connections to music. Well, it's emotional memory, really. Yeah, it's like Take Five. It's the same thing. It's the way I connect to my memory. Yeah. Because it's so much a part of my life or it has been up until recently. So, yeah. Yeah. Cannot wait. I'm going to put a little link on the show notes if you want to check out Miff's book, (laughs) Time of My Life. Great title. Beautiful cover as well. Thank you. Uh, Not the only thing we're celebrating, though, because I don't know if you heard, but just a few days ago, Jennifer Lopez became Jennifer Affleck. 20 years after they were supposed to tie the knot, they did in the Little White Chapel in Las Vegas. Bringing the crappy wedding back into the zeitgeist, (laughs) of which I'm absolutely a fan. I love this. There's no big spread in Harper's Bazaar or Vogue. It's just like, let's roll in. Literally, like, they had to tell them to keep it open after midnight Mm. because they were about to shut down and there was other couples before and after them. all. like, can we just squeeze in? (laughs) We'll just roll up and squeeze in for a quickie wedding in Vegas. I love that because you're right. They're not avoiding the paps with all their umbrellas and helicopters and things like that, you know. Kim Kardashian's not walking out in a in a sheet covering what she's got on or in a small small mobile box or something. It's great. It's like this is how it should be. You just it's a union is good on them however you choose to celebrate that, but you know, they just did it for themselves and 20 years down the track 
Ain't love grand. They found themselves again and it's given me hope a little bit. Whether or not it'll work out, probably won't. Any old boyfriends you want to marry? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> there must have, like, I think about that. Like, could you, how do you reconnect with someone that was 20 years ago? That would be bizarre, especially after all the publicity that surrounded them at the time, which was on the documentary, the Jennifer Lopez halftime yeah. documentary. It spoke about that. But Ben, of course, was on the documentary adding his words. Ben. Jennifer. Why hasn't he gone with, though, Ben Lopez? Yeah, good question. Like, I'm just, like, you don't have to take the bloke's name. And which, I'm, I'm assuming you she'll still take keep, any name. She'll still keep J-Lo or Jennifer Lopez as her artist name, right? Well, you'd think There's so. There's only one J-Lo. Well, I did actually, and I don't often do this, who subscribes to newsletters these days? You Not do. me. I'm more unsubscribing. <laughs> but I did want to see it because that was the only place that you could find the information. She speaks directly to the fans, as mm. so many big stars do now. And on, on her On The J-Lo newsletter. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> yes. Ah, oh. You are subscribing this. to this. Um, she she shared a few pictures, which mm. were super cute. She actually had two wedding looks. One was a lacy Alexander McQueen dress, which she said was, quote, from an old movie. And then she had another off-the-shoulder gown. And fans, she didn't say this in her newsletter, but fans noticed that that Alexander McQueen dress was actually pulled straight out of her Jersey Girl wardrobe and was the same dress she wore on the poster for that movie, which she starred in in 2004 with Ben Affleck oh, when they were engaged. There you go. So she's come full circle and gone, here we go, we're back here again. This is where it all began and this is where we're putting, I was going to say the nail in the coffin, the ring in the finger. <laughs> um, so nice little tip of the cap to an iconic dress and an iconic moment. I've still never seen Jersey Girl. I just hope she sings the song that was the hit from the rom-com that I watched on the plane the more recent one with... Um, oh, Marry Me? Yeah, Marry Me. Mm. Think you want to marry me. <laughs> Imagine that, down the aisle. Be like Britney, sing at your own wedding. Yeah. Or did she sing at her own wedding? Don't think so. Selena Gomez sang a Britney song That's at right. her wedding. That's right. Well, congratulations all the, to... All the gossip that you need here on the program. We sort of half know information when it comes to this <laughs> stuff, but we throw it out there anyway. And, as fact. Yeah, as fact. And that's fine. Benefer, wed, finally. Mm. Well done. Dan, you look sad. You look lonely. What? You, are you okay? I'm okay. You, you sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm all right. What's going on? Here, have a bunch of flowers no! because I don't think you're okay. <laughs> I think you need me to give you an act of kindness and film it just so, and then so you can smile or cry, and then I can have people on TikTok say you're amazing are to you me. Fi- are not you, you filming me right now? I, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. No, see, we we're all familiar with this genre. Random acts of kindness, aren't oh, we? Oh, God, I hate it. And mm. it was gross. It, given a huge, huge viral moment this week because a 22-year-old by the name of Harrison Pollock filmed himself staging one of these random acts of kindness to um, a woman in a food court in Melbourne. It went viral. Seriously, like- if someone annoyed me in a food court... <laughs> While I was having a, a dim sim. Get, getting your Gloria jeans, your coffee getting cup coffee. A, exactly, a mug of Chino. Um, if someone did that to me, I would pour it on them. I'd be like, no, this is my time. This is my private time. I don't want to be noticed. I don't want to be seen. I just want to be able to shovel it all in at my heart's content without you coming in. Get your gerbras away from me. Totally. Um, But he did and he gave her these flowers and the video shows her kind of being surprised and then Mm. him going no and sort of saying take them. 57 million views of this within the week. 
a lot of people on the post commenting about how when she started crying, which I didn't see that no, she started crying. She was crying um, I couldn't hold it back either. I mean, you put some music on a on a mm. TikTok and it changes everything, doesn't it? But of course, we then heard the other side of the story, which was from Marie, who was the woman, who then went viral again because she went on Virginia Trioli's show, Mornings on ABC Melbourne, mm. and basically said, I did not want these flowers. I couldn't be fucked carrying them home on the tram. Totally. And I asked the people who were around me if they were filming, and they said no. And mm. she set the record sta- straight on how this was absolute bullshit yep. and really raised this conversation around these kind of exploitative charity moments and also specifically who they're targeting, who these young TikTokers then seek out to give these, quote, random acts of kindness yep. and why they do it. They're calling it benevolent ageism. Mm. And the term benevolent ageism is... Uh, explained in a great article, actually. You can check it out on the New Daily. It's called Giving Out Flowers on TikTok, A Random Act of Kindness or Just Benevolent Ageism by Natasha Ginevan and Karen Anstey. And they go into explaining the term benevolent ageism, and that is that benevolent ageism leads to false assumptions or inaccurate and limiting stereotypes about older people being warm but not competent and lacking individuality. Mm. And it's so true. So true. The I mean, invisibility of women over a certain age. Yeah. We've but, heard about it before. And the only visibility we give them is when you sort of feel sorry for them or pat- slightly patronise them yeah. in an act of kindness that is actually not really about being kind at all. It's about filming something and reaping the rewards, whether it be views or monetary remuneration on YouTube or whatever. Mm. Um, And assuming that they're in a dark place because they're alone women and sitting alone. I can't fucking tell you how happy I am (laughs) to be alone as I get older and it's a pleasure and it's a joy. No fuckers annoying me. And That's what she said. She was like, I was annoyed that he interrupted my quiet time. Just, I don't want some random stranger giving me giving me flowers. And yeah, I mean, it's don't just like call bullshit on that. Don't tell an older woman she's lonely. She's happy. She's if she's alone, she's chosen to be alone, and she's loving. Finally, every single they've minute. left me alone. <laughs> every single minute of it. Who's this young whippersnapper giving me flowers? Piss off. Oh, you know what I loved? I just didn't want to take them on the tram. Yeah. But that is so me. I'd be like, oh, thanks. I'd put them in the bin at the shopping centre, I think, or just leave them on the table. for. Some- now, that's an act of kindness. Just leave them on a table for somebody who wants them to mm. pick them up. Yeah. Don't do it. Film it. <laughs> Scumbags. I love that she had her say and that completely overtook it. A lot of money was made from that video and I'm done with it. If anybody tries to come up to me and give me a, quote, random act of kindness, you will feel my wrath. Yeah. <laughs> But then that I'll give will, you a random act of something else. But the worst thing is that will go viral too. <laughs> and that can't work out well for anyone. So it silences us in so many ways. Yeah, like you can't true. turn around and go, I know what you're doing. It's not funny. It's not fair. But that would be, then you'd just be an angry Karen, wouldn't mm. you? We can't win either way. We're screwed. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, young men, if you want to do acts of kindness, are you paying for groceries and things? And don't assume that people want it either. Yeah. I think that's the other level to this. Well, it's offensive when you try to give charity to people who are actually fine. It's just like that's making an assumption. Mm. I once had a a musician um, come in for an interview years ago at Triple J and he was kind of wearing a scruffy jacket and had like long hair and a bit of an outgrown beard. And he came into the studio and he was so shaken. And I was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And he's like, 
someone just tried to offer me money. They thought I was homeless. And I was just like, don't make assumptions around people and around people's appearance and what place, you know, if people are asking and you want to give, fair enough. Mm. But just going up to someone and thinking you know their place in the world and what they need, that can go really badly really quickly, I reckon. Yeah. The other side of Zoomers and millennials um, has been explored in a brilliant piece that you sent to me, and I connected with this so much. The End of Ambition, L. Hunt in the UK edition of The Guardian has written a piece about, I think what we've been talking about a lot on Bang On over the last two and a half years, mm. you know, the Great Resignation, which we can argue back and forth about whether that's happened in Australia or not. I think people have definitely thought about what they want to do with their time a whole lot more. And she talks about in this article about, you know, it's everything from high flyers quitting their jobs to Beyonce singing about work-life balance. Yeah, people break are... my soul. <laughs> are we allowed to do that? <laughs> it's a cover. As long as we don't put the song in, it's a cover. Great. We're recalibrating our lives and our relationships to our jobs. You know, the focus isn't all about this big ambition to, you know, get the promotion, earn more, get a higher status, but maybe we're thinking about what else there is, what are our priorities in life and, and what's changed. And it's such a fascinating article because it's not just about a generational shift in terms of Zoomers and millennials, but also about the things that all of us have been feeling regardless of age, about how the pandemic has changed our priorities. Mm. I reckon how the results of climate change are really being felt and seen. We're all feeling our mortality Mm. and our time in this world and thinking, what do we do with that time? What do we do with this one wild life that we have to lead? Exactly. And now that we can see that work can be more flexible and we've survived that as well. It's it's really pushed us to reassess what the role of our work is and how it's its role in our life. And I love that that's changing and I love that it's kind of making it difficult for managers who have jobs because they have to manage everybody and it's kind of taking them out of the situation. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's been that's been the interesting thing. I think there's a lot of people who realise they could do their work wherever they wanted. It's still effective. But even not do the work, like some people are kind of like, I don't want to, my ambitions now are not to climb the mm. ladder. It goes beyond even working remotely. It's my ambitions are to spend more time with friends, mm. you know, work closer to home and, and spend more time with my family. Maybe even take a pay cut or a demotion because mm. my life is richer because of this. And we saw all of that because we, you know, we were forced to stop and look at it. And I think that when you're taken out of that, that hamster wheel, that's the, the time where you're like, oh, wow, okay, that all just stopped. What else is there around me? Mm. And you realise how much time is devoted to work and sleep and then whatever's in the in the leftovers is the family and friends time. But it really, it's sh- shaken me up a lot over the last couple yeah. of years. Do, and you, do you think you would have taken up gardening had you not had the opportunity to really kind of nest? I don't. I always like doing pot planting, but not to the degree I have. I never thought that I would spend hours in the garden mm. of a weekend And I think that one of the big things that I've realised in the last couple of years is allowing myself time to rest and recover, whereas I previously used just to push through and be like, I can get there, I can get there. Even social life was something that I ticked off the list and went, cool, I can achieve all of this and I did it all. But not feeling guilt at doing nothing. Like knowing that that, and this is one of the things. Welcome that's, aboard, Zan. <laughs> Welcome aboard. One of these things that this one of these young Zoomers says in the piece is that. You know, there's lots of things that people my age are going to have to struggle through and settle for because it's a hard time, you know, uncertain um, wages and, and, and jobs, people having to pay more than ever for the education that they're getting, all of that stuff. It's a bit of a shit time for young people. 
Um, but that's something that I feel I can do for myself, Maeve, this person says. People think happiness is a privilege or a byproduct of success, but it can also be a goal. And that's the thing when we tie happiness to achieving a great job or more money or any of those things. What if we just seek out happiness for happiness's sake, mm. whatever that means to you, which explodes open these sort of binary ideas of success equals happiness, success equals wealth, wealth equals happiness, easier life, all of that stuff, mm. which we know is not true. If only from the song More Money, More Problems. Yes. You know, she gets more confused. Still, I'd rather have more money, more problems than have no money and lots of problems. Well, you don't know, do you? Because you're not a millionaire. So, like, who knows? Who knows what life holds for all those billionaires? But, you know, there's just there's the kind of a sense of, as Maeve says, I'll get there when I get there. It's sort of like just being gentle with yourself and going, okay, I'm doing the best I can, and what if I prioritise happiness as a goal as opposed to all of these other things, particularly when every time you're trying to go for that goal, mm. the world for a young person is just knocking you down. It's really tough. It's really tough. Really tough to get ahead. And the one thing I've learnt in this time and and looking back on my life, we were told, you know, you've got to get there, you've got to get there, do it, you know, work hard, you'll get there. You never get there. It's, it never ends. It never ends. There's it's, never, highs. it's never just a busy time. There's, this is just a busy week. It's always that. There's highs and lows. Like The goals change all the time. You change all the time. Yeah. And the emphasis, I think, that, that we've, especially when we're younger, on what our job is and, and what it means to us, and, and you're never going to get there, whatever that is. So enjoy the ride. And also, I really feel my mortality. I know that's a thing in a good way. Mm. I know that's part and parcel of, of getting older. Um, it's just natural. As you get older, you get more anxious, I think. Not everyone, but in general, I've noticed myself, my parents get more anxious about things because oh, you're yeah. like, okay, there's only a certain amount of time left and, oh, that didn't hurt. And now all of a sudden that hurts. Oh, and no. what's going on Is with that ticker in my heart? hangover? <laughs> I had a hangover yesterday, Nick. You didn't have to bring that up. Very big rap party. Is that why it hurts? It's, everything hurts. <laughs> everything definitely hurts the older you get in terms of hangovers. But, yeah, I think that also I've I've just been really shaken up in the last couple of years of all those things where I've thought, oh, no, I'll just keep doing this because this is solid and great and it's safe. But, like, this is all we have, you know. I could die mm. tomorrow and I do mm. often tell myself that in a positive way. Mm. What are you going to do with the next day you have? What are you going to do with the next five years? And I'm not talking about creating a five-year plan but just, like, carpe diem that shit. Mm. Seize the day. Take that moment and I felt this article so yeah. keenly. I will put it in the show notes. It's so great. There's so many, I think, things that will resonate with Bang Fam. Not even the great resignation, but just about that. those priorities around what you choose to do and how you choose to spend those hours in the day. And I know mm. that it's something Bang Fam have been thinking about a lot with us over the yeah. last two and a half years. Yep. Have you also been thinking about how hot you are and reclaiming the ownership of <laughs> what hotness is? Can't talk right now. I'm busy doing hot girl shit. <laughs> If anyone's been on any kind of social media app, you would have heard that refrain over and over again. But it's actually taken hold and is blowing open, apparently, what it is to be a hot girl mm. and what it is to be hot, not just girl, but anyone, what it is to be hot The concept for anyone. of hot. I know. The concept of hot was so limited, wasn't it? Mm. It, was, it was skinny models in magazines for a long time. And I think that we're still feeling the after effects of that, mm. although the democracy of social media has ensured that we are seeing people from all sorts of backgrounds and body types online and they 
and that's exciting. But still, I think there's a real hangover for, for especially us that are a little bit older of what is hot. But the younger gen, they're changing it all. They're deciding what is hot. And if hot is standing around in tracksuit pants eating pasta, that's hot. <laughs> Which is literally one of the things Which this article references from Danya Isawi <laughs> in the New York Times. <laughs> it's literally all I do. Stand around and eat pasta. Oh, I brought pasta for lunch today. Thank of you course, for the reminder. Yeah. Uh, hotness is a self-declaration. It's not just in the eye of the beholder either, which is one of the things that this article says. It's a mood. It's a vibe. And I love this. I kind of think about how Paris Hilton could have been ahead of her time when she was always just like, that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> that's hot. But there's also kind of a campiness to it, which this article references mm. too, you know. Um, it, it's sort of like fun and, and kind of camp in the way that the activities in all these different videos are like everything from tapping on a laptop, doing homework on a Saturday night, cleaning the crevices of student housing with sponges and brushes. <laughs> if it's if you think it's hot, it's hot. It's yeah. that it's that ownership and it's that kind of self affirmation that I think that we've all been you know wanting and, and and craving and doing a lot more on social media. Yeah, and it's an acknowledgement of the ordinariness of our lives as well. We get so much from, you know, the Kardashians. One of them got in trouble a couple of days ago for saying, which private jet shall I shall I take? Oh, yeah, you I know. saw that post. That was disgusting. Yeah. Actually disgusting. Mine, mine or yours, it's yeah. Kylie Jenner and Travis that Scott. That was right. That's right. All the Kardashians. We always are... come up against that with our PJs, though, don't we? Yeah, you of and course. I, when we're at the old Essendon Airport. <laughs> where, should, where should we? Which one? Your, mine or yours? <laughs> my my um, single prop <laughs> engine or... <laughs> I've just got a jet pack and I'm ready to DIY. <laughs> But I think I think people are, it's that's not hot anymore. It's garish and it's over the top. No one can live like that. It's gauche. I think yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's over. And it's it, over. This is part of <laughs> Kardashians, you're over. It's part of what we were talking about previously as well. Changing the way we look at our lives and what's important. Yeah. And like these kids are talking about, you know, Simple things like um, Mr. Coe, this David Coe, who's, who's an interior designer in, in LA, which is so renowned for just being over the top and fabulous and whatever. But he's saying that the things that he finds hot is fairly banal in that um, he defines uh, tan lines, going on vacation, <laughs> sugar-free candy, iced coffee or texting right back <laughs> and trucker hats. Texting right back is hot. So it's all the ordinary stuff, you know. It's all the – you can find – cuteness and gorgeousness in in just the ordinary yeah and we're all very very ordinary we are very ordinary and it's okay it's okay that's hot that's hot yeah you're hot thanks i'm feeling hot right now (laughs) feeling very hot i washed my hair yesterday that's hot well it always looks amazing you know how i feel about your hair (laughs) perfect hair i'm wearing a sports bra that's hot Um, what else? What else? What's hot? What's hot for you? I'm also wearing a sports bra, which is hot. Crocs are they? Well, I'm not Crocs wearing... is kind of yeah, that's hot. It's the opposite of hot, <laughs> but it's hot. So it's hot. I've really come around on my Crocs, I know, haven't I? I know. What are you banging on about this week? Oh, we there already? Mm. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, brand new podcast called Not So PG. Maddie Mills and Brooke Blurton, media personalities. Maddie, you'll know from NITV. Mm. He was actually on Big Mob Brekkie. As well, one of the hosts there did all the entertainmenty stuff, and Brooke Blurton, who you'd know from The Bachelorette. Now, I, I adore her. I think she is just extraordinary. She was the first First Nations woman to be on a show such as that. She's also the first bisexual woman, really changing the game 
in terms of representation on our television screens in a mainstream way. But also she's quite reduced to that box as well of being, you know, the bachelorette. And so she can only talk about love and relationships. And this is a totally different thing. I want these two to host everything. They are magnificent. And look, it's probably not for me either. I I felt a bit old when I was listening to it, but it was also because, you know, it's, it's like young, fabulous people. They're talking, talking about their dating experiences and that kind of thing, and it's really cute. I felt like they're their older auntie having a listen in <laughs> on private conversations. Um, so there, there's all of that because obviously not so PG implies that they're going to be open and honest, but it's actually more about this being their authentic voice, not just as media people but as First Nations people. Mm. And... The first two episodes were, were, were sort of fun and light and you, and you hear lots about dating culture, but you also start to hear a lot about their experiences as First Nations people in this country. And they talk about their similar upbringings. And you don't hear about Brooke also working in youth services in Western Australia right. prior. So she's got a strong history of that. Um, but they both had a childhood in the foster care system. All right. Grew up in around trauma, violence and not PG actually means, not quite PG means they actually had to parent themselves. Right. So they had no parental guidance. So then it starts to get more interesting and, and a lot deeper and I just think these two are going to blow it out of the water because mm. the third episode that I heard, Maddie's brother has just gone to jail and we know what that means for young Indigenous men in this country, not just young Indigenous men, but we know what that means. Um, Brooke's father, who's been absent for most of his life, she talks about that and he'd recently been suicidal. And then we get into conversations about systemic oppression and the difficulties of, of being a First Nations person within those systems and why people do what they do. And it's actually really great. So if you want to hear a different perspective, but you also want to hear from some young, fabulous people who are living their best lives as well, like mm. it's just gorgeous. Unreal. Absolutely gorgeous. And I wish them all the best. That sounds unbelievable. Mm. Not so PG is the podcast. I'll put that in the show notes. Mm. Um, yeah, I had a bit of a scan through when you sent that to me and I was like, I could see that it was kind of a pop culture thing. But then you see from the headlines, I was like, the headings of each episode, I'm like, oh, wow, they're getting into some, yeah. some deep territory here. Totally. And yeah, all power to them. So good. What are you banging on about? Well, I'm banging on about one of the books that I read in Palm Cove last week. I read it in about two days. Mm. It is just ripped through it. Clara and the Sun, which many people would have heard of. This is the latest novel from the acclaimed Nobel Prize winning author Kazuo Ishiguro. He did Remains of the Day among oh, yeah, of many other books. And I've never read anything that he's read before. And now I'm like, I got to go through all of that. So Clara and the Sun, I don't want to say too much about this book because it's best to just experience it. And I say that because I've never, ever experienced a narrator like Clara. I'll tell you this, Clara is an artificial friend. She is a robot. It's a kind of dystopian near future story. I love that stuff. Mm. And... She has a lot of empathy. She understands people. She's a very human-like AF, as they call them. And she is taken into a home. Then the story unfolds. I can't tell you anything more than that. All I can say is it is just so compelling and beautiful and sad and hopeful. I'm off to and the airport. Fascinating. After this, I'm off to the airport, and I've got a book that, which is my own, that I have to edit or do the final <laughs> edit. But I'd much rather, I'd much rather read this, Clara and the Sun. Well, I can tell you, I bought it at the airport, the Melbourne Airport Bookshop. So Great. you'll find I'm it there. there. <laughs> I was like, I need a good holiday read, and that absolutely nailed it. It is just wonderful, and 
I'm definitely going to go back in and read all of his his back catalogue. So it's a bang on with very little detail, but I, I, I send it to you, Bang Fam, with a big hug and say, mm. if you want a cracking read, Clara and the Sun is just that, just phenomenal. Yep. Unreal. So Thank good to you. see you again. Yeah, you do. I'll will I see you. you next week? Yes, you will. We're definitely doing the show next week. What is week? next week? Can I just check my calendar? What is next week? July is 28. Life. We're oh. doing it next week. Are we? Okay, good. No, we do it every week. Absolutely. Oh, yes, you'll see me. I'm here. We do it every week, except for the weeks that we forget that we've got something else on and mm. then it's a time. Yeah, but we're but definitely back next week. Yeah, and there's no, there's so much love behind why we do this, you know, for more reasons than one. It's not just a job. Like, Absolutely. I need it. I need I need my dose of you. We all need it. I need every bank week. fam. And I need Bang Fam. <laughs> I just need it. I'm sorry, I need it. I wrote about Bang Fam in my book too. Oh, there you I go. I just talked about, well, in the pandemic when it was... We had nothing to grab onto and I particularly had nothing. I was living at home on my own and how important it was and how much I felt held, held, hate that term, by our Bang Fam and I felt like I've supported and, yeah, it's so meaningful to me. Yeah, Bang On is our anchor, isn't it? Mm. So we'll be dropping anchor next week, we okay. promise you. We'll yeah. see you then. All right. See ya. Bye, Bex. on. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.